Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, where I bring you a daily bulletin show from recruitment owners, suppliers, and advisors from around the world to give their take on what's going on and helping us all navigate through this terrible time that we're facing with COVID-19. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Chris Kendrick. Chris is the CEO and founder of Mercury XRM, the recruitment CRM for the Microsoft platform, the cloud platform, I should say. Uh, Chris was referred to me a couple of weeks ago by a member of his team. We had a good chat and I'm, I'm really excited to have him on board. Like me, dealing with lots of recruitment owners on a day-to-day and um, is not only thinking about how recruitment owners are going to change, the business, the industry is going to change, but how technology can underpin and, and, and I suppose help us thrive through it. So Chris, thanks for taking the time out today, mate. No, it's great to uh, finally be on the session. I know we've had to uh, to try and bounce around a few times, but yeah, yeah delighted yeah. to be here. Apologies, I've been running around uh, like a blue ass fly after time, so I can't, I can't. Uh, I've got to hold my hands up. I've been a nightmare for you to get onto the show, but we're here now. We've made it. We have, we have. It's good to be here. Thank you, Chris. T- tell the listeners. First question I've asked on every episode: Paint the picture. What's life like for you right now? Ah, well, mine's quite an interesting one, actually. I, uh, very similar to many people, I'm at home with the family and I'm working and, and all the fun and joy that that brings. My uh, four-year-old twin girls running in on, on many conversations, but I'm sure that's not new to most people. No. I'm also living in half a house because uh, a few uh, a few weeks before the uh, the lockdown, the uh, the rear wall of the house came out for a kitchen extension, which is uh, yet to be uh, secured <laughs> but oh, wow. back in place. What, what, have so, you got so like open good. air wind like house that just blows out into the garden. Wow effectively the inside of where the kitchen would have met the lounge and the hallway has now been boarded up so we can't get into what was the kitchen and that's all uh, an extended space with uh, with no windows or doors um so yeah so we're living in half a house downstairs i've got a, a, a two hob camping stove that is currently providing us with uh, <laughs> with our meals so uh, so yeah it's good fun um, what are you making like eggs and bacon all day uh, I have a lot of poached eggs on toast, which I've become quite accustomed to, with a bit of avocado, a bit of Frank's sauce. That that's going down quite well at the minute, actually. Yeah, that sounds that um, sounds like something I could eat tonight. Though. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, life just changed a bit. We just had a, a wedding cancelled, which was due to be in Mallorca in two months' time. Uh, a, a, a trip to Vegas that went with it. So, uh, but um, you know, it's character building, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Unless you're the guy who paid for the wedding and you're now screwing. Well, yeah, there is that, but you know, we're still here. The business is here. The business is strong, so that's that's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I got I got um I got married last June, and uh, I'm just I'm thinking about my summer last year, how packed it was. Like, I moved house, I renovated a house, I went on my stag do, had my wedding, had all the crap around it. It was like then we went to the honeymoon, then we went to Turkey to see her family. It was just one of them summers where I think I went on about five overseas trips. I was working like a madman. I was out. I was about. It couldn't be more different this year. Like I'm at home with my wife, with a dog. We've not left the house in five weeks. And it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just mental how different world the world is. It is. There's some great things about it though. I think, you know, obviously you're getting to go for, for walks where I wouldn't have otherwise gone for a walk around my neighborhood necessarily. I think, people just seem a lot friendlier all of a yeah. sudden which yeah. which is a bit that's you know, a bit yeah, cool people smiling not acting like in the street yeah, but, 
right. exactly yeah even though they're trying to stay two meters away and sort of be wary of you but everyone's got a hello to say and everything else so uh, so that was pretty cool uh, i think you know life's going to change and, and professionally we were, we were talking before about that change and you know more people are giving uh, free advice free consultancy and you know mm. putting more content there's some amazing articles that i read on, on linkedin on a daily basis um credit to uh, to bernie von Vincheri. i saw a great article from him yesterday which 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 was really cool and the guys at ebster put one on there's some brilliant content so uh, you know people are using this time to, to do good things got to we've got to so for the listeners then just tell us a bit more about mercury and, and what you've done yeah, so my, my background's recruitment. I uh, I started in recruitment in '96. I uh, worked for the the Spring Group of companies. I, I went on to to run a recruitment business, um, and we decided to change our software. Uh, in in our infinite wisdom at the time, we decided to build our own, which I'm sure many people have embarked upon. And it, it's not for the for the light-hearted. But we um, we did that. We built our own solution. We we took it to market, and I did a management buyout of that business uh, in December 2016. So. So we're essentially, you would class us as a CRM. We're, we're probably a bit more than that. Uh, we sit on top of Microsoft's uh, cloud business applications platform. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Dynamics 365, Office 365, uh, and now things like Teams and LinkedIn as well. Um, and so we, we looked to, to sort of market that solution on the basis that we were recruiters. We designed it for our own business. So all being good and well, and hopefully that's what people see when they see the solution. It, it truly was built for recruiters by recruiters. So, so we live in that cloud space, born in the cloud. And so hopefully the transition to these awkward but difficult working circumstances weren't too difficult for most of our clients. No. So what was it when this hit? What was, I imagine CRNs, I mean, I interviewed Gary from Bullhorn. And I mean, it's one of them bits of kit, right? That you're not going to just turn off. Like you, you can't, unless you're, unless you were planning on moving across to a new CRM, you're not going to like close it off and recruit from a black book, are you? So is there an element of safety and protection in, in your revenue there? I think to some extent, yeah, you know, we're a, we're a cloud-based subscription model and, you know, pe- people need their CRM. They should be looking at it more than ever. And I heard your, your podcast with Gary and he made some excellent points. You know, it's an, it's an opportunity for people to look at it and probably double down on their learning and its capabilities and, and understand what they didn't use before. But you can draw parallels from um, how I used the the CRMs that I used back in the day during the dot-com issues of the early 2000s and the financial crisis in 2008. And in both of those times, we went to the database. We just made sure it was better and stronger than ever. Uh, Everyone made more contact with their people on there, brought those records right up to speed so that when the market was back again. So so for us in the markets that we serve, um, it's been good because, you know, we know that our clients require that. Obviously, we've had to be flexible with that. But uh, but CRM is, it's it's you know, it's the basis, it's the foundation for your data. So you, you've got to have it in place and, and you need to look after it. So what what was the reaction from your client base like and, and how did they, what sort of approaches did you get from them? Yeah, kind of varied, really. So we've got people, obviously, that are taking good advantage, certainly in the UK, the government's furlough uh, scheme and and different schemes worldwide. So we've been flexible when it comes to either offsetting or deferring revenue. Um, We've looked at people that are currently uh, in in projects at the moment and looked at how they can possibly better split their implementation fees. Um, We've worked with people a lot, and it's probably one of the things I want to talk about today on how they can optimize their processes and, and, and effectively do more with less. You know, we are going to come out of this and, and people will unfortunately have, have shrunk a bit in size. 
but they're still going to have a lot of work to do um, and they're not necessarily going to have the bandwidth to do it with the people that they've got so i think we're trying to help people with some of that automation we've run webinars on uh, uh, microsoft teams integration i mean teams has seen obviously a huge spike and in increase um, just in one week alone they they sort of gained about 12 million users as everyone was scrambling to uh, to get their teams online so just trying to sort of bring people um, either through optimizing what they've got in the tech stack that, that we provide them with or what else plugs into our solution. And then obviously financially just trying to help our customers through it. And, and again, much like Gary said, really, you know, customers are critical. We wouldn't be here without them. So we need them to come through the other side as, as we need to as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think being flexible is absolutely paramount right now. And it, as much as you can be, you know, people got to remember that suppliers like me and you, we, we we've got to make a revenue as well. Like yeah. I just <laughs> turn things off, but I'll be honest, my Hoxos clients have been unbelievable. Like we've had, we've had conversations with all of them. We've, we've got closer if anything to them and they've just all taken a real like scruff of the neck attitude towards it. I think that's the type of companies we work with at the end of the day. Like we, we, as a, as a marketing agency, we, we work with businesses that are pretty progressive in their mindset, right? They're, they're forward thinking they were investing in us before this. So before the, the, the need, I feel like right now is, a, is absolutely like fundamental. You need a marketing play. But these businesses were doing yep. that anyway. So when, it, when this is hit, it's, only, it's cemented even more that they need it. But in terms of your, um, your vision for the future, you mentioned about you know, the way that tech can implement or can, no, so can, can help businesses come out of this. What strategies... Could people be doing in the CRM? What practical things could they be doing now to ensure that when this is all over, they're in a better place? Yeah, so I, th- I think there's a few things, and and I mean, just before we come to the CRM, I, I mean, I've, I've said and I've spoke about it for a while. I, you know, the the recruitment industry is going to change and change forever over the next, um, and that was always going to happen actually over the course of the next three to five years. That th- this is just going to accelerate that. Um, in the meantime. Uh, as we know, all of it is driven by data. If you've got good data, then you're going to be far more uh, productive, reactive when the time requ- is required, but more proactive. And you know, you might look at marketing automation and harnessing the data that you've got to hit the touch points and what the value that you get back in that um, from lead nurturing, lead generation, contact points, sales, and engagement and enablement. So at the minute, I think you know people should be, like I said earlier taking the CRM system that they've got, ensuring, well, first of all, it's, it, it's the right one, but I, I would say that clearly. But I do actually mean that as well. It's got to be a strategic platform that they can build upon. It's got to plug into the other tools that they need and getting that data into the right place that they can react. You know, the, the market, and in some markets, it's it's going to bounce back and it's going to go into a, you know, it'll be a V-curve in some industries very quickly. And those that have got the ability to identify uh, talent and candidates in the shortest possible time uh, are going to do particularly well. So I think that's in, in, imperative that people get that right. But I think also in terms of the way the market's going to change, people need to be looking at, at their tech stack and not just their CRM. Um, we are going to move into, a, into a, um, a world where recruitment, as I say, will change. Recruiters will be required to do more of the things that robots and machines can't do, but businesses will be leaning on machines to do the things that they can do. And what I mean by that is, you know, for years we've had technology and it's not it's not unique to us many people have got it where uh, you know the automated capture and the parsing of cvs and resumes will extract key data um, there's lots of other things that machines can do they can learn from that 
information. You can have the automated outreach to candidates to get your data up to date. So using uh, chatbots and virtual agents to get that data back in. You can use that automation to also um, start scheduling those calls with those candidates so that you can fill recruiters diaries full of the calls they should be making um, so recruiters are spending more of their time in valuable conversations with pre-booked calls on key topics because the machine's been able to match candidates to jobs schedule the call for the recruiter and I think one of the big things for me at the moment is what, what's going to be difficult for a lot of owners because this remote working thing is isn't going to go away and it's not going to go away for different reasons first of all social distancing will um, mean that we we have to work remotely in some cases but actually I think people will challenge the do I need a large office in a big city and everyone in there every day and I think the answer to that will be no for many people but whilst people aren't sat within those offices and aren't whilst they're not around their team leads and their managers without sort of using um, voice technology to sort of barge in on their phone calls and listen into those calls, how can you ensure that the quality of those conversations is right? So you can be hooking up automation to ensure that you get in the right um, satisfaction surveys, the right feedback scores. If I knew that my best biller was my best biller, that doesn't tell me how well they brief a candidate initially on the role. It might tell me they're fantastic at sending the right candidate or maybe closing them, but there might be other parts in that process that they're not maybe as good as they should be. Um, and likewise, how can I understand that that person that doesn't necessarily close all the deals, is it, is it because we're prepping the candidate wrong in the interview stage? And I think we can leverage automation to trigger at certain times to understand the, the feedback of the candidate and the sentiment and feed that back into the process and identify training needs analysis. And we could do all of this through automation at the moment. And I think that these are just things that people possibly don't consider or don't realize they can achieve. So I think as an enabler, people need to, to start looking at where technology can really change the way that they're going to work moving forward so they can they can do more with less, but they can learn more about their business and how their, their recruiters work. Well, that's, you made me think there, yeah. You made, you opened my eyes up to some of the stuff. Like, so it's, it's all about like getting getting consumer data, isn't it? It's getting getting the data led by the people you engage. Because I think if we just rely on what a recruiter inputs into a CRM, we're probably going to be slim, slim pickings on, on knowing what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I was always quite yeah. good at it. I was always quite good at putting in my stuff, and I still am within our CRM, but knowing what others are like in teams that I've worked with and stuff, it's, it's not always the case. People are typically good salespeople and crap at admin. But if you can – one thing that I'm, I've always thought about with recruitment CRMs is um, it's always been that static – it's reliant on us putting the information in. So how much can you get self-serve for people to update their, you know, if they change a, if they reply to an email and it changes their status, changes the company they work for, changes their job title, or include it, or, yeah. or could it connect to LinkedIn? And, and LinkedIn does the, if they change it on LinkedIn, it'll change it in your CRM. Does yours have that connectivity to do that? Yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got integrations with both LinkedIn Recruiter and LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So one of the one of the great features about Sales Navigator actually is that um, you can be alerted that when you go into your CRM, if someone's no longer at the organisation, it will prompt you to tell you the person's no longer there. Um, you wouldn't necessarily want it to automatically move it. That could that could create other problems for you um, with billing and anything else. And obviously with LinkedIn Recruiter, you can see their profile from within the application. So uh, I think that's that's pretty important. Um, I think going back to your earlier point as well, you know, recruiters, uh, you know, 
we're salespeople. I class myself as one still, you know, we're entrepreneurial. Where do we get the next deal from? Where do we get the next high value candidate that we can represent to people that we think would be interested? We've never uh, typically been people at, great people at filling out systems, but you can back up automation to follow you on that. So you could have an engagement with a, a person and the system could see if there's key bits of information missing. It can either send them a, a, you know, a, a simple survey with a form with the things that are missing, or you could be sending them a, a virtual agent, a chatbot, if you like, that's saying, you just had a conversation with Sean, which is brilliant, but actually, for whatever reason, we, we missed your current salary. And the system could automatically be automating that, capturing it and bringing it back into the system. And it's this level of automation, you know, if you can just drive better data, as soon as you've got the data in there, the machine can learn from it. As soon as the machine can learn from it, it can make recommendations on it. Um, and, and really, where I see the industry in 18 months to two years' time is that we'll be spending a lot of money, I think, and effort on marketing to make sure that we can get as many candidates and as many clients into our environments as we possibly can. The machine won't be matching candidates and jobs. The machine will be doing the initial outreach through virtual agents to, to say, Sean, this role looks to meet with you. Is it, are you still looking? Are you in the market? When would be a good time to have a conversation with Chris? You'd pick a slot in my diary and I'm going to get a diary entry to give you a call at, at seven o'clock tonight and I know exactly why I'm calling you. You know, the machine will never replace the recruiter. It will never empathize. It will never sell. Um, but the recruiter's the storyteller. The marketer is the person that gets the, if, the, the clients and the candidates into the process. What if you get a job and your data is not amazing and it goes out and it, pulls the best people you can and then you just get a diary full of average candidates that kills your time and well that's true actually so you've got to you've got to trust it you've got to test it and and i'm not saying we do this at the minute i'm saying this is in my opinion this is exactly where the market's going um you know machine learning you you would want to have a relatively decent and big data set Uh, you don't start machine learning with um this this is the solution i'm trying to achieve you you start with the question you want to answer um and I think once you run that, so one of our clients at the moment is, is running in parallel their own um, sort of recommendation engine. And that they're almost silently putting it against what their recruiters do just to see if they can predict who the recruiters are going to call and who the recruiters are going to shortlist. And I think that's where it's going. Train the model, understand whether you think it's right, and then start to, to sort of unleash it, really. No, I agree. I, 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 I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. I think the way the industry is going to go is, there's going to be smaller shrunk businesses that are thinking, right, last, when COVID-19 hit, we had this business plan and it was leveraging the whole grow by organic juniors model. And now it's like, we'll still do a bit of that, but will we spend as much money on that? Or would we prefer to have our existing guys that have stuck with us throughout this period, be more productive, have better tools, have better content, have, have, have leads coming inbound. I think there's going to be, I mean, I spoke to a guy this morning. He just went, Sean, I need inbound. And I was like, fucking hell. When I started talking about inbound two years ago, everyone was like, sounds great. What is it? Yeah. Now people are like, we need it. And it's like, it's super exciting for me that because it's, I, I genuinely believe that it's an absolute must. Now it's, it's also, in my opinion, it's, it's, it sits at a company and an individual level, the, the, the way in which it's executed. And I think it's the same thing for you, isn't it? Like, you can have all the strategies in play from an automation, but you still need, you want your recruiters being able to access and trigger automations so that it plays to their strengths as opposed to it coming from a central place, which, you know, doesn't, doesn't sometimes marketing and 
recruiters don't speak very well. And it's the same with the CRM and recruiters. They don't necessarily speak, yeah. communicate. I think where, in my opinion, where marketing has always struggled within recruitment is how are you differentiating yourself? What is it that you're trying to sell? And, and actually, I think it's got a different role to play with great content going out there that engages an audience so people come in. You're not necessarily differentiating yourself. You're putting great content out that people engage with. Once you start to get engagement, then those those naturally filter down then those those people that engage with it and you harness and you, you get more data from those people. Once you get more data from those people, you can match them to suitable opportunities or, or sell them suitable candidates. So it's getting the data in the first place. How you do that, that's the role of the marketing department and the, the marketeer to, to, to engage and bring in. And then I think what you need to do, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, everyone's talking about it. No one's doing it. You know, everyone thinks that there's some great AI out there. We're not even walking. We're crawling with AI at the minute in terms of what we do. There's, there's amazing bits of kit out there, but, you know, we're, we're a million miles away from running with it. But we need to make sure that we're getting the data into the right place so that when we can enable the right AI tools, then you're running at pace. And, you know, going back to your point a minute ago, as a 360 recruiter, as a as a BDM, I just want to be having great conversations. That that's what I want to be doing. And uh, the longer I'm spending searching databases trying to find candidates, or the longer I'm wondering who to call next and why to call them, is arguably a waste of my time. Which is most why most people scale up with more people. I actually think it's an opportunity to to keep yourself relatively tight moving forwards with more experienced, better people, but just feed them better better data to work from. So. Yeah. That, that's where I think the model will change for me. Is yours is your model a per user license or is it per company license? It is, yeah. Ours is a it's an interesting story actually. Well, an interesting view because it is a per user per month license. Um, you know, we've got clients that have um, sort of added twenty to thirty percent bottom line year on year growth. Yeah yet haven't increased the number of users. Now that's amazing for us from a referencing perspective. It's not actually amazing for us from growing revenue, but again, you know, you'll, you'll take referrals in that, in that case. So, um, so yes, it is. And, but again, you know, these are the sorts of things that could change in the market going forward with your, will your commercial model be based on the success of your customers, which, which it could well be. Yeah. I think for you, like similar to other suppliers on a pure per user per month basis, like they might, take a hit in that way that you know there might not be as many users out there they might clients might not want to ramp it up like they were but they'll definitely get closer to you as a result of this and they'll want to they'll want to maximize every single penny they're spending which should mean that the relationship's even better when it comes out of it and then you're looking at referrals and stuff so it's it's a slightly different way to to hit a similar growth plan i think for you I think so. And then, of course, you know, uh, where we focus ourselves, really, because a lot of what I talked about is aspirational, and, and that's where we want to get to. And that's where I think the market should be um, in terms of what we're doing at the moment. You know, there's a whole a whole host of applications in around the Microsoft platform and we can sort of we could do a lot of that automation and add on. So, you know, from a from a revenue model, we'll look to, to build out within our own platform the other solutions and services that uh, that you know people might be interested in. But moving forward, we could find ourselves sort of hitting a bit of a glass ceiling with, with uh, our clients not increasing user numbers because we put so much automation in there that we. Uh, but again, you know, from a um, from a referenceability perspective and, and actually probably from a new sales perspective, that that would be a bad place to be. Yeah, and you've you've got to go with how the market's going. You can't you yeah. can't hold automation back so you get more users. You need to go with what where you think the right what you think the right thing is for your clients, right? And the rest will take care of itself. 
I think you've got to, yeah, and you, you've got to, you know, <laughs> I constantly tell people CRM isn't the future and people say to me, what do you do? And I say, I'm a CRM. So, you know, you've got to move with the market, otherwise the market will move without you. So, um, you know, that, that's where we've got to uh, see ourselves and that, that's where we've got to adapt and move. Well, um, what do you think right now then is the reality of how recruitment owners are feeling, like from, from what you've seen? Like, so we've gone, we've gone through a couple of weeks of absolute madness. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like it's been a bit of a bounce this week. I don't know. It just feels a bit better. Like everyone's a confidence. People like, you know, LinkedIn's getting louder. I'm getting more messages. I'm getting more emails. I'm getting leads again. Signed a few clients again. What, what, yep. what, are you, what are you seeing and what do you think the confidence level looks like across the board? Yeah, I think exactly that. I think, you know, as we came out of March, I spoke to so many of our clients or prospects that were having their best ever March. And it was the end for many to a great financial year. And, you know, there was, a, there was that bit of a bounce that went with it. People were like, we've had a good time. We will see what happens. We'll maybe make good use of furlough. We'll start to do that. I think as soon as we were coming to the end of that first period in the UK of, of lockdown, we were looking to extend it. There, there was a lot of, uh, you know, everyone knew it was coming but everyone reacted quite badly when it did um, because then you started to see uh, a lot more nervousness and negativity come into um, sales pipelines. But actually like you in the last week, I mean, we've, we've uh, signed customers this week that we wouldn't have otherwise expected. We've got quite a few people that for different reasons, I mean, I talked a minute about, you know, remote not going away. We've got lots of prospects that realize that the tech platform they're on isn't one that's going to, meet that and suit that business model so we've probably had people come to us where we wouldn't have otherwise expected them this early because you know they're tied into contracts so um but but we're seeing a lot of optimism come in and a lot of the markets we serve we're we're more focused towards um sort of white collar uh, high-end tech life sciences type uh, we've got a lot of clients in those industries um and whilst there's some tech companies that are struggling there's also a lot that are serving their clients that are seeing the same upturn we are because their clients are having to move to the cloud they're putting more resilience in they're putting new infrastructures in so so i think there's a lot of positivity that's coming in the last week and that's been good for us but we're by no means through it yet you know people will be coming back from furlough um, and certainly by july we expect that to be the case if, if they run the whole um, process and then you're going to see a change in the way that people work. There's a lot of business development and new business um, and ways of working that some recruiters may not have been used to. Um, and likewise, you know, we take a step back to when I started recruiting in the 90s when it was all about relationship. You know, there's some great relationships that are being built and fostered here. So hopefully people will, will reap the reward of that as well. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Chris, I've loved having you on. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I think you've got a really innovative platform and I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are looking at that right now. So I hope you're happy for them to reach out. Even if they're not looking to actually change CRMs, they just wanted to ask you some questions. You up for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can contact me or one of the guys book a demo on the website. We, we're going to see run a series of webinars. We, we got a lot of take up on the teams one. We're going to run integration and automation webinars to show people some of the things that we're talking about, what they can achieve. So people are more than welcome to uh, just sign up and be a bit nosy and come and have a look at what we're doing and join some of those webinars or, or book a demo. I mean, that'd be great. Wicked. Well, look, I'll, I'll make sure everyone you're tagged in everything. Um, and, uh, like I say, people get in touch. There's, there's, there's so much advice and support out there and, and 
and I appreciate you taking the time, mate. And I think you you're well positioned to help people in this in this period. So, um, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Another short, sharp episode. Every single day, we're coming at you with with information. Please, please, please share this with people you know. I don't ask for any money for this podcast. I do ask for you to um, share it and make sure that we are growing our listeners and helping more people. That's what Chris and I and all the rest of the guests are, are, all, are all here for is to make sure this industry survives what's going on and comes out better. The signs are good, but we've got a hell of a long way to go. Um, if you're listening on the iTunes store, please give us your ratings and your five stars and, and do get onto LinkedIn and get some comments on, on the posts and the content to amplify what we're doing. I'll be back again tomorrow with more information for you guys. In the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you soon.